Welcome to the Access Health Radio Question and Answer Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be discussing questions that we have received so far over the last year and the answers to them on Access Health Radio. It's going to be a fun show. Welcome aboard, and we'd like to acknowledge the companies that support Access Health Radio. Thanks to Marley Drug and Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping at costs that are often much lower than even the big box pharmacies. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. Dr. Forrest, if people want more information after the show today or they'd like to find out information about your family practice, where can they find that? Uh, If they would like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth.com or call 919-363-0190. Again, that's 919-363-0190. If listeners want to send general non-emergent questions and possibly have their questions answered on the show in a similar fashion to how we're doing today, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com or they can send an email to accesshealthradio at gmail.com and make sure you include your contact information if you are going to leave us a question there. And after the show, uh, listeners can also enjoy a on-demand podcast at WPTF.com, and we'll provide links to that on our landing page at accesshealthradio.com. So today is kind of like the FAQ show. We have a different format, and instead of just one topic today, we'll be going over the multitude of most asked questions that Dr. Forrest has received over the past year. Remember, you can submit your future questions as well for the show at accesshealthradio.com. So Dr. Forrest, here's our first question of the day. And boy, this one's applicable. Why is this such a bad year for the flu? Well, I think uh, that's a question that's been on the minds of a lot of people. And it is, if we look statistically at it, it's the worst flu year in about a decade. Um, And we had a really bad flu about 10 years ago, but it seems like the the amplitude, the, the sort of slope this year has just been really severe. And I think there's a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, you know, the strain this year, uh, being an H3N2 strain, uh, is a little bit uh, unusual and many times can be a little bit more virulent. Not as bad as the H1N1 flu that we had a few years back. Um, but it seems this year that, uh, you know, people are catching this uh, at a more rapid rate. It's spreading uh, very rapidly. And uh, one of the things that's obviously making it worse is the fact that the flu vaccine this year is not effective. Um, it's, I should say, not as effective uh, because, you know, in some years, the flu vaccine has been as good as 90%. And it would prevent up to 90% of flu cases. And if you did get the flu, um, it was a very, very mild case. And this year, uh, we've seen even people that got the flu shot uh, contract the illness, and people that didn't get the flu shot at all uh, really are getting hit hard this year. Um, so it really has been a bad one, and I, hopefully we won't see one like this again for at least another decade. I hope not. My wife is just recovering from the flu now, and we both got flu shots. So yep. it just didn't, didn't seem to get whatever that strain was that she got. All right, our next question, and this is a good one. Why does medication sometimes cost more when I use my insurance than if I pay cash? What's that all about? Yeah, this is uh, this is a question a lot of people have been asking lately. And um, there's a phenomenon uh, going on called clawback. Uh, 
Um, and clawback means that uh, many times if you've got insurance and your insurance company may be paying the pharmacy less for a medication than you actually get charged. Uh, in fact, what's happening is when you go to get your prescription filled and you assume that your insurance is going to make your medication less expensive than if you didn't have insurance, it's actually more expensive because you do have insurance. And, you know, the insurance company reaps the, the benefits of that. So very often it's incredibly common. I know with um, members of my own family, um, they've had some blood pressure medicine and that kind of thing where uh, if they use their, uh, their insurance, uh, which was, you know, in this case it was a Blue Cross State Health Plan, uh, if they use their insurance, this generic medication was going to cost them $12 a month. Well, the crazy part about that is if they didn't use their insurance and they got it mail order through the mail, it ended, ended up being less than half that. It was less than $6 a month to get it mail order and not use their insurance at all. Um, so this phenomenon known as clawback is something that's happened a lot in recent years. And if you find that your uh, copay or the part that you need to pay for a medication appears to, to be greater than what the cash price for that medication would be. And you can check lots of websites out there to kind of shop around and see what the, what the average price is for a medication. If you find out that it's less than what it's going to cost you with insurance, then keep that insurance card in your pocket and just get your wallet out. It may save you some big bucks. Well, that's good advice. With health, here's our next question, by the way. With health insurance premiums getting so high, are there lower cost alternatives? That's another good question. Yeah, I think that um, lots of patients have really been hit recently with a lot of the premium increases on their insurance plan. And so have, you know, not just individuals, but also employers. The, the premiums for insurance have been steadily rising, uh, you know, since passage of the ACA. And so, you know, people are looking for options. Now, at this point, uh, there has been a lift to the mandate, but that doesn't go into effect until next year. So how can somebody get some coverage that's more affordable than traditional insurance, but yet still makes them so that they don't have to pay the penalty uh, for not having the mandated insurance coverage? And one of the best solutions for this, uh, which is actually, you know, my, my own insurance is this way, is to do something called a health sharing plan. Uh, and there are several of these. Uh, many of these originated out of Christian sharing ministry programs, uh, such as Samaritan, MediShare, uh, Christian Care, uh, and others. And there are now about five large companies uh, that have these sharing health plans. And what you find is uh, the plan covers things that you would think about, like uh, you know, hospitalizations medications, injuries, you know, primary care and that type thing. But it doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, cover things maybe that you didn't don't need coverage for. And that's one of the exemptions that these plans have is they don't have to cover some of the things that, that you might not want in your own insurance plan. And so because of that, uh, they did receive a waiver from the ACA. So this, these are products that you can use their health plans that you can use to get coverage for both your primary care, your specialist visits, hospitalizations, and so forth. But they are much less expensive, typically about 60 to 70% less for the health premium than the premium for a typical like exchange plan or individual plan that you could buy uh, for typical health insurance. 
All right, here's our second batch of questions. By the way, you're listening to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Here's our next one, Dr. Forrest. I heard you talk about direct primary care before. Now, how does that work, and do you have to have insurance for that? Well, you know, I I have been uh, practicing in a direct primary care practice for 17 years now, and essentially all it means is that you've taken the middleman out. You know, when um, my one of my first jobs was cutting grass, and when I cut my neighbor's grass, uh, he literally would just pay me twenty dollars, and that was that. And what's happened in healthcare is that now, if you go and cut somebody's grass. You have to pay a friend of yours $10 to send that person a bill for cutting their grass. And then you have to pay another person $10 to make sure that you actually get paid for cutting the grass. So by the time you've paid one person $10 to send the bill and another person $10 to make sure you get paid, where did your $20 go? And this is exactly what's happened in primary care. And so what this does, it's kind of like, uh, you know, direct care grass cutting. Uh, so what we're doing here is we're just taking out the middleman and patients pay their physician or their practice directly uh, for the care that they receive and they bypass insurance. Now, people who go for this type of model, they can have insurance and still do this. And very often they'll still come out of pocket cheaper for the year because they don't have to pay insurance copays when they when they go to a practice like this. Um, on the other hand, you know, there are a lot of people who don't have insurance, uh, you know, even though the ACA is passed, you know, only about 10% of more people got covered with insurance. And so there's still a lot of uninsured folks and a lot of those people can't afford primary care. And so with direct primary care, since you're not billing insurance, uh, that gets rid of a lot of overhead expenses and costs. And so we're able to dramatically decrease prices, you know, 80 to 90% on some things. And the other thing, you know, we decided to do about 17 years ago to make it even easier, and this is sort of like, you know, when people level out their utility bills for electricity and that kind of thing, instead of having a really expensive bill one month and a really low bill the next, people wanted some predictability, you know, because they never knew when they were going to be sicker or need more lab tests or that kind of thing. So we just set a fixed fee per month, kind of like a gym membership. And so the easiest way to think about direct primary care is like a gym membership for healthcare. So you just pay a monthly fee every month. And when you go in and need blood tests, there's no extra charge for that. When you need to see the doctor, there's not an extra charge for that. When you need your flu shot, it's all included in your gym membership. And so that's sort of one way to think about it. And I think is a, sort of the easiest way to help people understand uh, sort of how it works. But it saves a lot of people without insurance a lot of money. But people who have insurance a lot of times will come out of pocket cheaper as well because they don't have to pay copays. And a lot of the tests that might have not been covered 100% by their insurance are now just free. Good advice. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. All right. Next question. Doc, you've talked about cholesterol, blood pressure, and diabetes on the show before. So when I get my numbers back from my doctor, what am I wanting these numbers to be? That is a great question. I think a lot of times people, you know, even if they get a copy of their blood work from their physician and they get that home and look at it and maybe things are marked high, maybe they're marked low, they really don't know what they should be aiming for. So uh, I, I'm going to give just some general guidance here 
on the type numbers that, that you're looking for. And it does vary a little bit with individual patients. Individual patients are going to have different goals based on their risk for heart disease and that type of thing. But in general, uh, what most people should, should aim for is they want their bad cholesterol, which is the LDL cholesterol. One way to remember that is L for lousy. So your lousy cholesterol, LDL, generally you want that to be under 100. So for most people, if that's under 100, your cholesterol is generally in good shape and you don't have a lot of increased risk. Now, for people who have diabetes or people that are at a really high risk for a heart attack, maybe they've had a heart attack before, then sometimes for that, that LDL or bad cholesterol number, we'll, we'll shoot for even a lower target of less than 70. So for most people, less than 100 is okay, uh, but for really high-risk people, an LDL of less than 70 is probably better. Um, next for blood pressure. Now this has recently been a real moving target. Uh, you know, several organizations have recommended that we take the, uh, definition of normal blood pressure all the way down to 119 over 79, basically saying that elevated blood pressure start starts at 120 over 80. Now, uh, while I think that classification is reasonable, that doesn't mean that people who have a blood pressure of 122 need to go on medication. Uh, generally, the new guidelines that have come out from most organizations say that, you know, if your systolic blood pressure, which is the top number, uh, you know, is over 130, then you definitely need to intervene in some way. Now, I always like people to do lifestyle choices like diet and exercise and weight loss to try to get their blood pressure down. But even if you're trying those things or if you just realistically know that's not going to happen anytime soon, you can't have a blood pressure that's staying in the 130s. Um, for long periods and not expect to have some health consequences. In fact, the most recent study, which is called the SPRINT trial, actually showed that the difference in blood pressure between 133 and 123 um, is almost a doubling in the risk of stroke. So people who run around thinking, okay, I'm less than 140, that's probably okay. Not if it stays that way for, for long term. You know, 140 now is considered the start of the most severe high blood pressure class. So for blood pressure, you definitely want it under 140. Uh, you really shouldn't be over 130 for extended periods. And for most people to be considered normal, you want it under 120. And, you know, the numbers for diabetes are also important. And there's a couple of numbers to consider. The first is sort of fasting blood sugar. So to be diagnosed with diabetes, you need to have either a fasting blood sugar over 126 or the second number, your hemoglobin A1C needs to be over 6.4. So now once you've been diagnosed with diabetes, then the key to staying healthy with diabetes is keeping that hemoglobin A1C number under 7. So for diabetes, a couple things to consider. First, if your fasting sugar is less than 126 and your hemoglobin A1C is less than 6.4, you don't have diabetes yet. An A1C between 5.7 and 6.4 is considered prediabetes, and once it's over 6.4, it's considered diabetes. And to be controlled as a diabetic, which is very, very important because that's how you prevent things like amputations, blindness, dialysis, and all the problems associated with diabetes, you keep that A1C less than 7. All right. Thanks, Doc. Straight ahead, more of your questions for Dr. Brian Forrest here on Access Health Radio. 
Welcome back to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest, answering your questions this week. Here's one for you, Dr. Forrest. You mentioned that many patients can get their expensive brand name prescriptions for free if they just apply for a program. Can you give us some more details on how that works? Yes, this is something I get a lot of questions about is uh, what are called patient assistance programs. And these are incredibly underused. Um, There are some of these programs that you can qualify for and make $100,000 a year or less and the manufacturer of the medication will send it to you absolutely for free. Now, it varies by company. So some companies have cutoffs of around $60,000 a year. Uh, But if you make less than whatever the income cutoff is for these companies, and you're taking an expensive brand name medication that your physician thinks you really need, but you just can't afford out of pocket, um, it really only takes about five to 10 minutes to fill out these applications. You know, we fill these applications out for our patients and sign them and send them in the mail uh, the same day the patient is in the office. Um, but you'd be surprised about 90% of our patients will qualify and get these medications totally for free. Uh, so take advantage of patient assistance programs. If you're practice where you go isn't familiar with how to locate these, one site they can go to is the not-for-profit needymeds.com. That's N-E-E-D-Y-M-E-D-S, needymeds.com is a place they can go and they can search for some of these patient assistance programs. That is great advice. Now, Dr. Forrest, I am sure that after people have heard these questions, they've got some questions of their own. So straight ahead when we come back, let's tell them how they can ask you a question, maybe have it answered uh, here on the show, and then we'll wrap up. How about that? That sounds great. All right, let's do that. This is Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest, coming back straight ahead. Welcome back to Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. It's been a unique program today, Dr. Forrest. You've certainly answered a lot of questions that I had, and that's what it's been all about today is answering listeners' questions. And I'm sure that people who have been listening may have some questions now of their own that they want to have answered. How can they go about getting those questions to you? Yes, if uh, if listeners want to send general, uh, again, general non-emergent questions, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. Uh, they can also send an email. In fact, most of the questions I get are by email. So uh, if you send an email to accesshealthradio at gmail.com, again, that's A-C-C-E-S-S-H-E-A-L-T-H-R-A-D-I-O at gmail.com, Um, then we can answer those questions on the air for you as uh, soon as we have our next uh, question and answer show. All right. Can't wait for that. Dr. Forrest, that's about it for today. Hopefully you really enjoyed uh, having those uh, questions answered today. Uh, I think we're going to try to do more of that in the future because we've got quite a few questions built up. Our scripture today is from Jeremiah 33, 6. Behold, I will bring to it health and healing, and I will heal them and reveal to them abundance of prosperity and security. Thanks for listening to Access Health Show today, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.